Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Space, the final frontier. These are the voyages of the Starship Enterprise. Its continuing mission to explore strange new worlds. Boldly go where no man has gone before. Engage. Engage. Kirk Enterprise, Enterprise. This is Captain Jean-Luc Picard. Captain Catherine Janeway. Captain Sisko. Red alert. Photon torpedoes, fire. The official Star Trek podcast. Engage. Engage. Make it so. With your host, Jordan Hoffman. That, sir, is illogical. And make sure history never forgets. This is Engage. Hailing frequencies open, sir. And we're back, folks. Thank you. It's time. It is time for another episode of Engage, the official Star Trek podcast. I am your host, Jordan Hoffman, and let me tell you, it's a heck of a time to listen to Engage, the official Star Trek podcast, because we've got one more special edition from Mission New York, the recent Star Trek convention in New York City at the Jacob Javits Center over Labor Day. And this one is one that I've wanted to have uh, captured for years. I've wanted to show my friends and family what it is that we can do. Starting in 2012, uh, my friends at CBS and I have been doing live uh, interactive panels at conventions where we engage with the fans and come up with various top 10 lists and other internet-friendly things in a, in a series we call One Trek Mind Live. One Trek Mind is a column that I uh, used to write on StarTrek.com. I say used to because we never officially stopped. I just got lazy. But I did like a hundred of them. Um, and uh, it's basically lists. It's internet lists. The best ships, the best red shirts, the best fights, the you know sexiest pictures of Jadzia, all these things. And um, what happens when you do lists on the internet? You annoy people. And they say, oh, that's, that's, uh, you're doing it wrong. I could do it better. And we say, oh, yeah, you can do it better. Let's, let's see. So we started doing it at the conventions in 2012. And at some conventions, we did like four different panels. One year, I think we did four One Trek Mind panels. Um, and anyway, this time was the first time we did it in New York. And it's the first time we've done it. Uh, well, this is actually technically not true. But it's the, it's the second. It's, the, it's close to the first time we've done it since... Engage, the official Star Trek podcast, was born. And we decided to record it and play it for you. Now, uh, most of it is self-explanatory. The only thing I want to say before we kick it back to the tape is that there is a slight visual component. Um, while I was talking, we had these pretty sizable video screens on either side of the stage. And when I mentioned a character... The picture showed up. So I would say, blah, 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 Dr. Flox. And then Dr. Flox would show up. And there was one moment you might hear some uh, rumblings from the crowd. Uh, there were, you know, at least a thousand people in there. Uh, when you hear rumblings from the crowd, it's because we didn't have a picture of Tom Paris. We screwed up and then we got a picture of Tom Paris. So there'll be a whole 
recurring Tom Paris theme that won't make any sense to you. But other than that, everything's pretty straightforward. So with that, enough of my yapping. Let's just go to it and let's go back in time a couple of weeks to the Jacob Javits Center in New York City to hear One Trek Mind live September 2016. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. Welcome back to Engage, the official Star Trek podcast with your host, Jordan Hoffman. You are, after all, irrational. Time for your first panel of the day. It is One Trek Mind live on stage. This is interactive, fun, and wacky, so make sure you guys are ready to play along. And I would like to introduce your host of the panel. He is the official host of the podcast Engage. Please welcome to the stage Jordan Hoffman. They are ready for you, Jordan. One Trek Mind live on stage. How's everybody doing? Day three. Oh, I'm exhausted. Day three. Oh, my God. Who's been here for all three days? Everybody. All right. Um, so quick question before we start. I am curious, though. I can't really see much. Has anyone uh, in this New York crowd been to one of the One Trek mine other than you, has anyone in this uh, crowd, Yasmin, uh, of the Alachi species, has anybody in this crowd been to one of the One Trek mine panels in Las Vegas? Okay, we have a few, great, but not a lot of you, so I'm going to briefly explain what goes down. Um, if you don't know, in addition to uh, hosting the official Star Trek podcast, Engage, which you can listen to on iTunes and every other kind of way you listen to things, um, uh, I, we write the One Trek Mind column on StarTrek.com, which is mainly a fun uh, gig where we do lists, top ten lists, the best red shirts, the best fight scenes, the best ships, blah, blah, blah. And we would write this top ten list, and all I would get was complaints. People saying, no, 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 you left off this, you left off that, that should be number six, not number seven, what the hell are you thinking? So uh, we said, hey, you try it sometime, it's not that easy. It's very difficult to, uh, to, to you know, to, to formulate what are the top ten. So we started doing them live in Las Vegas, using the art form known as diplomacy and consensus. And if you know what consensus is, it means that Nobody comes away happy. Everybody's a little bit disappointed, but ultimately you come up with a decision that you can live with. So we've been doing a lot of top tens like that, but because this is the 50th anniversary, we're doing something a little bit special here in New York. What we are going to do is put together the best uh, crew, the all-star crew from all of the different series and kind of slot them in like a super group, like an all-star team, and figure out who, which characters are going to go into which spot. So we're going to figure out who's the best engineer, best first officer, and it's not just, keep in mind, it's not just going to be who is the best engineer, but then who is going to be the best engineer to work with a specific captain, right? We're going to pick the best first officer, who's going to be the best captain to work with that first officer, who's going to be the best doctor that's going to work with this security chief. So it's going to be about interpersonal dynamics when we're trying to build what we think is going to be the best crew. Does this make sense to everybody? Does this sound like it could be fun? Awesome. Now here's the best part. 
I'm here just to sort of keep the trains moving. This is not about my decision making. This is about your decision making. So we're going to start um, really by taking suggestions from the audience and we're going to gauge who gets in and who gets out based on your enthusiasm. So if somebody says, uh, you know, the best engineer is uh, Keenser from the Kelvin timeline, and if everybody's like, cricket, 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 then it's not going to go in. But if everybody loves Keenser and is bouncing off the walls, then he's going to get in. So we need to hear from you. As added incentive, everyone who comes up to the mic to make a suggestion uh, and then to, uh, to argue their case. If somebody says, no, 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 Keenser really is the best and here's why. Everyone who comes to Mike, whether their picks make it in or not, will be given a little Star Trek trinket or hoo thanks to our friends at CBS while supplies last. So there are some, uh, oh, I want that. Don't take that one, I want that. No, there are some fun little things here, and there are some fun little things over there, so after you come make your suggestion, you can come claim one prize, and then eventually we'll run out, so if you didn't get online early, you're screwed. But anyway, that's that. So before we get cooking, uh, let's just take a look. Uh, computer back there, computer, if we can take a look on the monitors here, just to remind everybody, not that we need to be reminded, but who are going to be our potential uh, crew members of this new ship that we're creating, the SS Javits that we're going to create here today. So our captains, as if we need reminding, Captain Archer, Captain Janeway, Captain Kirk, Captain Kirk again, he's a very handsome man, Cap <laughs> Captain Picard, Captain Pike, he was here yesterday. Who saw his killer mustache he was rocking yesterday? Bruce Greenwood came and his mustache came with him. It was amazing. Captain Sisko and Captain Sulu. He was a captain, if you remember. And if somebody wants to make that case, we can do it. Let's move on. Uh, our first officers, Chuck Cote, Kira Norris, number one. Mr. Spock. The other Mr. Spock. He's all right. Yeah, he's good. He's good. He's a great guy. He's a terrific guy. You know, I'm with you. And to Paul. Some committed to Paul. We love her. I love her. Uh, moving on, we've got the engineers. Jordy LaForge. Chief O'Brien. Look at that, at that twinkle in his eye. Look at that photograph. Computer, you did an excellent job taking the best Chief O'Brien picture I've seen. Uh, Scotty. And as we now call him, Montgomery Scotty, uh, who's pretty awesome and is getting better and better with each of the films. Pilata Torres. And our friend Trip Tucker also. Very fun dude. Have a beer with that guy. Okay, moving on. Um, our doctors, Dr. Bashir, Dr. Crusher, The Doctor, Bones and Bones again, Dr. Flux and the Pyrithian Bat. Ah. And uh, Dr. Pelesk. Oh. We don't have to boo her. We just can simply not vote for her. We don't have to actively booing her is, is a, a step too far. She's a fine, fine woman and a great doctor. And if, if you were ever to, had been injured by a phaser, you'd want her to help, so don't complain. Uh, moving on, uh, security chiefs. Uh, Mr. Chekhov did eventually elevate to chief of security. Uh, cupcake. From the Kelvin timeline, who was not in Star Trek Beyond, which ticked me off. I wanted to see Cupcake again. 
what say again? Uh, he was not in the third film. Well, I'm supposed to be. I don't know. They they cut his scene. They shot it and they cut it. I demand. Uh, when is the Blu-ray coming out? I need my cupcake fix. Uh, Odo. Malcolm Reed, Mr. Tuvok, Mr. Worf, and Tasha Yar. But again, we're, we're, oh, we have some Tasha stands here. I like that. Good. Uh, you know, Worf gets the biggest applause, like, um, and that's deservedly so. But when we start putting this crew together, is Worf going to be the right person in this jigsaw puzzle that we're creating? So that's what's going to be fun about this. All right, all right. You say yes now, but let's let's take a look. Let's move on to the next one. Communications. Hoshi Sato, who was a communications officer before the Universal Translator. Keep that in mind. Lieutenant Uhura, classic, iconic, and uh, the other Lieutenant Uhura. Very nice woman. Yeah, lovely, lovely. Not the not not Uhura, but she's all a Uhura. But you know. All right. Let's move on to the next one. Helmsman, Mr. Chekhov. Anton Yeltsin's Mr. Chekhov. Um, Wesley Crusher? Still, 30 years later, you're still booing Wesley? Oh, poor guy, poor guy. You know, I love Wesley. I, you know, you can, if you go and listen to uh, Engage, the official Star Trek podcast, uh, a few weeks ago, uh, I, I gave an extemporaneous defense of Wesley and my love for him, and uh, it's on record, so I'm not going to get into it now, but Wesley rules. So it's not shut up, Wesley, it's shut up all you. Okay, Tra Travis Mayweather. Yeah, nice guy. Mr. Sulu. The other Mr. Sulu. Did you see that maneuver coming off the cliff in the new movie? Whoa, that's some dangerous moves. So he's a contender, I should think. And Arex, are you saying Arex? Paris. Yeah, where is Paris on there? Well, uh, yeah, and Paris too. Uh, we, we forgot to use the picture. We can put him in, don't worry. We have, we have the technology to get him in there. And then I also want to mention Wildcard, because there's going to be, this is a small ship, the SS Javik. It's not as big as the Enterprise. So there will be stations that we're going to have additional chair. An additional chair is, is going to be filled by one of these people, unless we choose to move someone else and make them a wild card. This is, this is a democracy. We can work it out. But my suggested wild cards are this. Seven of nine. Mr. Data. Esri and Jadzia Dax. Guinan. Not just a bartender. Harry Kim. Keenser. Oh. Neelix. What about Tuvix? Is Tuvix on there? No. And Ensign Rowe and uh, Deanna Troy. And the, these are the suggested wild cards, but we can take from someone else in canon, or we could conceivably move somebody like Mr. Chekhov into the wild card and move Jadzia somewhere else. We can do whatever the hell we want. It's our ship. But to get the ball rolling, I think what we should first do is think about, let's start from the bottom of the ship, the bowels of the ship, the engine of the ship. Let's think about best engineers first. So we have these engineers up here. What I want to do is, uh, starting from the guts, we're going to start on this side. We want people to get, find the, um, our mic holders here, and everybody who participates gets a Google. So the first thing we want to do is hear um, a, a suggestion, a nomination 
uh, for who should be the best engineer, and you can't just say, I nominate X. You have to say, I nominate X, and here's why. And if we all agree, we're going to put it on the board. We can take it off the board before we end, but we're going to put it on the board first. So with that in mind, we're starting on this side. Uh, hello, sir. And I want to know who do you nominate for we're making our best ship. This is our A-list all-star ship. Who is the engineer of the SS Javits? Classic Scotty's seen it off in the beginning as things have progressed. He's also very entertaining. He likes a wee dram of whiskey now and then. He's the only red shirt still alive. Don't overlook that. That's why. Don't overlook that. But he's not Jordy LaForge. Well, and he's I mean, not Chief O'Brien. They're, that's their hero. Scotty is their hero. If they could just serve under somebody, I think it would be Scotty. That's a, good, that's a very good point. Um, I'm asking now the people in the crowd, do we agree that Scotty should be on this ship, or do we want to hear an argument for one of our other engineers? Wait, 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 wait. Everybody who says yes, we don't need to discuss this further. It's definitely Scotty, classic Scotty. Let me hear it. Everybody who says no, this is nuts. We got to get somebody else in there. Let me hear it. Okay then, okay then, who should it be? Oh, th thank you sir for coming up, please grab a goo -gaw. You on this side, are you one of the people arguing that it should not be Scotty? I was gonna argue for Scotty, but if Scotty is out, I would say Jordy LaForge. Why Jordy LaForge? I think out of all of them, he's probably the most intelligent and he gets beyond his disability and makes it a strength. Ah, ah, that's a nice wrinkle to it, I like that. Also incredibly dedicated to his craft, right? More so, I mean, Miles O'Brien, he's dedicated, but he also, when it's time to shoot darts, he's out shooting darts. Jordan LaForge hasn't been on a date in 30 years. Um, Leah, Leah does not count, so, um, okay. Um, anybody think that maybe it's perhaps Jordan LaForge who belongs on this, on this crew? Jordy LaFord versus Classic Scotty. Oh, I don't know. That's more people yelling for LaFord. Are we making a mistake? Should it be Chief O'Brien? Chief O'Brien versus LaFord. Do we have somebody to argue for O'Brien? Can who's an O'Brien stand? If you if you contributed, please go grab a, a trinket from the front. Can we get the O'Brien supporter to the front, and then uh, this will be your turn at the microphone. We're we're doing this a little bit uh, hazy here, but who is our um, O'Brien uh, supporter? Uh, I, I was going to go Scotty myself, but I think Chief O'Brien was a Scotty train. Right? He was as close to Scotty as any of them could be, and. He, if he continued longer, he would have been the next guy. He would have been the next Scotty, but that's not a great argument for O'Brien. That's just saying he's almost as good as the guy we're not voting for. No offense. We have, we have one more Chief O'Brien argument. All right, who, who is, what does our O'Brien supporter say? Uh, O'Brien is running an entire space station that's not even made by the Federation. Okay, it's made by the Cardassians. He's got so much more to figure out and do and deal with the places five times the size of a spaceship. And it's a Cardassian space station. That is a very, very good case. Okay, so it's coming down to this. Uh, Jordan? Yes, Jordan, sir. Didn't we just see yesterday that on a Klingon ship in the past, Scotty built a whale cage on a Klingon ship? Oh. Saying, 
All right, that's a fish tank. That's a fish tank. Let's be honest. I mean, I love the guy. And formed a time paradox doing it, too. My God. Um, well, these are all very good cases because these are all very good engineers. But it's going to come down to this. And thank you for making that case about the Kardashians. Please come grab a, a, a doodad. All right, it's coming down to this. We're going to hear applause in three, for three votes. It's, it's, it is. It's going to be Scotty versus LaForge versus O'Brien. And by the way, Bellana Torres and Tripp, we love you, but this is not happening. Everybody who wants classic Scotty, let me hear it. Everybody who wants dateless Jordy LaForge toiling away, let me hear it. That's pretty close. Everybody who wants Chief O'Brien, let me hear it. So to my ears, that's, that's O'Brien. That's the way I hear it to my ears. But like I said, half the room is disappointed now. That's the way it ought to be. So thank you very much, computer. Let's get Miles O'Brien. That guy's been through a lot. Remember, he was in jail for like 20 years, and then he wasn't in jail, and it was like, hey, how's it going, Miles? I was in jail for 20 years. No, you weren't. You were in jail for 10 minutes. He had a rough time. So let, look at him. There he is, beautiful. And he is now, unless we take him off at the very end, going to be the engineer of the SS Javits. Now it's time to talk communications. It's time to talk communications on this end. We are, uh, it's, it's actually uh, only, uh, it's only three. It's, it's Hoshi versus Ohura, and the other Ohura. Unless you want to throw somebody else in there, I'm open to suggestions. You want to put Quark in there, go ahead. But um, what do you think between these two picks, three picks? Classic Ohura, I'd have to say. I, have, I mean, the timeline trailer keeps you on Sado, so she's always in my mind, but, but I'd have to go with Ohura. Classic Ohura. But keep in mind, Sado worked without a universal translator. Still Ohura. <laughs> First interracial kiss on television. Okay, so that's outside, you're, you're letting your emotions from outside of the fiction and the real world into it, which is not to dismiss that, that's fine. I mean, I'm open to all ideas. Uh, let's, let's, are there anybody who thinks that it's going to be Hoshi? Anybody who thinks it's going to be classical horror? All right. By the way, when we're done, we did do this panel once before in Las Vegas. We're going to show you how Vegas voted, and I think you might be surprised. Come on down and grab something, and let's get classical horror up there. Look at her. She's beautiful. She's concerned. She's helping out the captain. And say again? You think the horror should be the wild card? All right, well, we didn't get the wild card yet. So what we could do the computer, let's, let's get Ahura uh, up there. And now we're going to talk about security. We're going to talk about security. And I want to ask this person over here. Let's go to our security uh, crew members. Uh, uh, there we go. Oh, it's got to be Cupcake all the way, right? But um, who do you think? Is it Odo? Is it Worf? Is it Tuvok? Is it Tasha? We have an argument for Worf over here. We have an argument for Worf. Let's hear some Worf. Worf was also, besides being the security officer, he also had to defend his family name. That's right. He had debt of honor at the same time. Yes. And um, he was injured and paralyzed and managed to come back to be security officer. And it also never really bothered him that every single time he made a suggestion, Captain Picard said no. He somehow still made it into work the next day. He never called HR, he never did anything. He's like, all right, yeah, whatever you say. Um, this person right next to you was itching to say something about Worf. No, 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 I'm gonna make a Tasha Yar argument. Oh, let's hear it. 
Matt, thank you for, by the way, come please grab something for, for a nominating award. Tasha, your argument coming up. Hailing frequencies open. Here it is. Not only, guys, is she the darn best looking of all the security officers, she could go toe to toe with Worf. She helped train Worf, and she had the best death scene ever. She was killed by a hefty bag. What are you talking about? Yeah, well, they cried, and then she had a hologram that they... That oh, no, I, but I remember sobbing at age 13 watching yes, that. Yes, You don't have to remind me. Bring I, her back. I, bring her back. <laughs> well, she technically, sir, she did come back in an alternate timeline, but let's not get into that right now. Um, uh, Tashiar is wonderful. She's a wonderful person. Lieutenant Worf, the son of Moe, from the House of Martok, the mightiest Klingon warrior there is. The first mighty warrior of the Klingons in the Federation. Is, is there an argument for anybody else on the security? Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa! Odo, come up to the front. Let me hear some Odo. Caught up to the front. Constable Odo. Odo did it all without using a phaser. Ooh. Ooh. Odo did it all without using a phaser. And a mercurial, insidious uh, mind that would slip and slime his way into things and make things happen. Exactly. I got three reasons for Odo. Three reasons for Odo? Yeah. Give them to me in alphabetical order, sir. Okay. Uh, first, he's a doppelganger, meaning, you know, he can shape change to anything he wants. The value of that can't be underestimated. You can take down an entire empire with a single shape -taker. Second, he is effectively immortal. He'll live forever, he'll learn and get better. He will learn how to duplicate humanoids. He will figure out how to become more invincible than he already is. And third, and perhaps most importantly, he's got a sense of right and wrong that is independent of all cultures. He's got his own code. Right. And that is what you need when you dispense justice. And the, and the code that he created all his own because he was a self-made individual. What it comes down to in my mind, thank you, that was brilliant, I love that. Thank, please congratulate. What it comes down to in my mind, and what we're gonna have to argue right now is this. Not to um, uh, make it too reductive, but Worf is brawn and Odo is brains, right? I mean, to a certain degree. That's what we need for sure, we need him on that wall. So what we need to argue is, for the purposes of security, do we need the mighty Klingon who will drink blood wine with Kalis after he tears her throat out? Or do we need Odo with his noggin turning into a river to go underneath the door, do whatever he does like, uh, like Reed Richards? So um, what it comes down to is this. I want to hear everybody who is voting for Worf to give me a shout. All right, all right. And then everybody who's voting for Odo? That is almost neck and neck. Uh, one more time for Worf? Oh my God. And one more time for Odo? All right, all right. To my surprise, to my surprise, Odo is going to be the... I'm glad you're happy. Odo's like, thank you. Odo is going to be the security chief of the SS Javits, which um, only flies up and down 11th Avenue. Um, okay, now uh, after all that, I'm sweating a little bit, I'm getting palpitations, I need to go to sickbay. Who's gonna visit me in sickbay?
Dr. Pulaski, I'm sure. Okay, we have Double McCoy, we got Dr. Bashir, and we have the doctor. This is a lot going on. So I think we ended on this we, side. We so had an argument for Dr. Crusher. Dr. Crusher, yes. Um, so Dr. Crusher, she, she has like a history. She's been with Captain Picard, so she has probably had like one of the most experiences. She, she has a longevity um, in Starfleet. She has, so she has years. So her husband died, and she had to deal with the tragedy. And in Sick Bay, you have to deal with tragedies of all sorts every day. And I feel like you could really feel her when you have the pain. She could really feel She is what we call an empathetic doctor. Yeah. She will use her own personal history to ensure that things go well for you. And that's something that maybe Dr. Flox, with his... Uh, menagerie of bats flying around doesn't have, and um, although the doctor eventually got there with new subroutines, thanks to Harry Kim, he doesn't necessarily have um, that level of empathy either. So that is a good argument for Dr. Crusher. Thank you for making that. Come, come grab something over here. But do we have an argument on this side for either Bashir, for Bones A, for Bones B, for the doctor? I'm going to go with the doctor. First, he has an encyclopedic knowledge of all medical history in the Federation. Created the nanoprobes that could help defeat the species A472 and the board. He also was the character who grew the most out of, in my opinion, out of any character on any Star Trek series because he started out as very like basic and grew to be a fully fledged person. Yeah, he downloaded extra content. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, he grew the most in my opinion, and he's objectively the smartest. So I think he is the best doctor for the ship. All right, photons be free, argues this man. So that is a very good and solid argument for the EMH, and maybe if we're putting together the SS Javits, uh, this is the guy we want. So please, come down and grab something. But do we have an argument for one of the others? For Phlox, for Bones? We have an argument for Phlox. A Phlox argument? Whoa! I, I know, I, listen, I'm with you, I'm with you. I, we're, we're, but yes, please, tell me what, we need, what, I, what I'm not knowing about Dr. Phlox. Uh, well, I had one for Bashir. Oh. I love Dr. Ba I love I love everybody, but I'd like to know uh, what Dr. Bashir means to you. Well, he cured Ketracel White, and he was going to give the, the cure to Dominion. So he had his medical ethics ahead of... Right. The Hippocratic Oath meant more to Bashir, arguably, than any other of our doctors, which is not to belittle the other doctors, but he was hardcore. He was um, dedicated. That's right. I mean, he was... His, his, his medical... Oath meant more to him than almost anything, which is something you need, perhaps, on this ship. And he cured the, the changing virus as well. Right, yeah. And the blight, the Tepian blight. Oi, have you ever had Tepian blight? You don't want to know from it, it's horrible. <laughs> uh, he did cure the Tepian blight, which is nice. I mean, the copay on getting that fix was horrible, but... Uh, Hi, um, can I add something really quick to the, the Dr. Bashir side? Too? Yes, yes, more Dr. Bashir. He was literally genetically modified to be the perfect doctor. So I you know. have the doctor, like the doctor, who can work on subroutines, but then he got caught in this existential crisis because, you know, he had to choose one crew member over another and got caught in this, like, loop that, that short-circuited him and kind of made him, like, explode, essentially, um, for a while. But Dr. Bashir has that humanity as well, so he kind of has the best of both worlds. He has the empathy, he has 
the encyclopedic knowledge because he was genetically modified, and he also has you know the ability to critical think and not like the limitations of being. I understand, and, and you know it makes it very interesting. It makes him a very rich character because he was born from, if you want to say born from sin, right? He was genetically modified, which was a big no-no at that time after the eugenics wars, as we all know. But uh, then he had this sort of fanaticism about, the, uh, about his, his ideals. So um, it's very interesting to me. I want to give one last shout out. Is there somebody who wants to talk about the Forrest Kelly and or Carl Urban as Bones? Can we get somebody to talk it up for Bones and then we got to bring this one down because we, we and this is a toughie, this is a toughie. To begin with, um, you know, for probably the Stanford University in particular, Bones is like 150 years old. He's had more experience than any of these combined. He's an admiral. More than anybody else on that uh, page there, he has told off his captain time and time again when it's needed. And he's worked with more of these crews than anybody else has. He's there for the commission of the Enterprise D. He also uh, had a fling with one of the Dax Indians early in his life when he was in college. So he's actually interacting with more of these people. You cited the need to be able to cooperate. Who's cooperating with more people on that, uh, the entire, uh, you know. All right, that's true. We gotta make a team that's gonna work together. And by the way, no disrespect to Carl Urban, but you are talking about DeForest Kelly. Absolutely. Where are the real bones, okay. The only bones. All right, yeah, okay. So what we have here is we have a showdown between three people. We have a showdown between Prime Bones, Dr. Bashir, and the EMH. Everybody who wants to have are the SS Javits with Bones the original, let me hear it. And what about Dr. Bashir? That was close. And what about the EMH? I think that was the loudest. Let me hear again for Bashir. And let me hear for the EMH. I wish it could be a three-way tie, but I'm pretty sure that was the EMH. So let's get the EMH in there. And uh, you know, the, the, uh, the SS Javits may not be as much fun because Leonard McCoy isn't there, but um, <laughs> we're gonna have the EMH in there. Okay, it's getting good. Um, let's move now to the helmsman position, helm person position. Um, and we have, um, we have these people here. Sulu, Sulu, uh, New Chekhov, Wesley, and Travis. And I think we're on this side now. And Paris, I apologize. I, the, on behalf of, uh, of uh, Star Trek, I apologize. We have a Travis argument. Oh, we do, eh? Hello. Okay. Uh, yeah, I think Travis would be the greatest helmsman there because he pioneered the whole thing. He was the first one for all of them and basically grew up in space so he knows the ins and outs of the quadrant and the ship and could basically manage any crisis situation. Literally was a trailblazer. First to do it, born in space, had some rough, uh, rough adversaries and still made it happen. Travis Mayweather. Do we like Travis Mayweather? We like the guy. Do we want him on the SS Javits? Huh. He drives too slow, the warp board doesn't go that fast. Don't blame him. All right, well listen, thanks for coming down and giving some love to Travis. I, I don't, I'm not convinced that he's gonna make it on the ship, but uh, he'll be on the waiting list for sure. On this side, do we have an argument for one of the other Helms people? For Paris? Tom Paris. He came from a penal colony. Um, he came from a penal colony, and he really like didn't have the experience, and- so You want a criminal on our ship? What are you talking about? Well, no, but he's still, like even with his dad not believing in him, he still went out and did well. And um, like um, in 
and back in the Future's End episode, he's basically the one that saved everyone because he um, had a relationship with the girl. So he saved the life multiple times of the crew. He, he also had a, a, a love for uh, uh, for tinkering with mechanics, the Delta Flyer, uh, and uh, you know the Captain Proton and whatnot. I mean, he, this guy loved his job, and uh, ro- like you say, rose to the cages. Came from a weird background, and then took a got a second chance in life and made the most of it. Out in the Delta Quadrant with a crew that half hated him, still made it work. That's a strong argument for Tom Paris. Thank you for mentioning that. Come on now. Do we have any counter arguments for uh, classic Sulu or beyond Sulu with that dive we saw in the last movie? Uh, you know that move, which looked in three D. I nearly threw up. You know, Data as the helmsman. Well, we were thinking Data potentially for the wild card, but maybe somebody wants to make an argument for Data as helmsman. We have one argument for Dax as a helmsman. Okay, Brian, what do you want to say about Dax as the helmsman? Uh, oh, okay. I'm sorry. Wait, do I hold this? Do you hold this? Um, okay, so basically, I want to make a, a passionate, desperate, last-ditch plea for Dax because, well, um, if you look at the episode One Little Ship, that was masterful piloting, then I don't think, I, I, I really don't see Sulu flying around uh, an engine room uh, shooting at Jem Hadar. Uh, or, or any of the other people, admittedly. I, I'm going to have, I, I'm sorry, it's not one of the people. Uh, and also, uh, what got me thinking about it was, in the episode, um, Change of Heart, where they're flying on the asteroid field in CGI, I was thinking, how do you do that? I mean, come on, it was asteroid like Only Jadzia knows how to do it, is what it is. I get it. All right, so this is a very strong case. And like I said earlier, we don't necessarily have to make uh, the wild card be the wild card. And in fact, if we move Jadzia out of wild card, that gives us room to put somebody else in wild card. So for those people who are thinking that maybe Jadzia Dax should be our, our helm person, let me hear it. Do we have one argument for Sulu? We have Classic Sulu. All right, we have one argument for Classic Sulu. All right, first of all, Classic Sulu has knobs and dials that he had to maneuver, not just little computer gadget things that lit up. Secondly, he had to put up with whatever Kirk told him to do, and Kirk had all sorts of crazy stuff he wanted. So absolutely classic to the plus the sword fighting. <laughs> all right. Okay, it's time to take a vote. It's time to take a vote. Um, I would like to hear everybody who wants classic Sulu as our helm person, let me hear it. Everybody who wants to pull Jadzia out of wild card and into helm person, let me hear it. That was, a, there are a lot of voters there, but classic Sulu? We love you, John Cho. We love George Takei. Let's get George Takei's classic Sulu in. Thank you. What? What happened? Paris? Wait. She made this wonderful argument before we, before we put Sulu in. What about Tom Paris? What about classic Sulu? Can, can we look back on the board of what we have, of who we have in there already? Because the helm person has to work very closely with the engineer, and the helm person has to work very closely with communications and security. Do we think that spot should be Paris 
or Sulu? All those for Sulu, let me hear it. All those for Paris, let me hear it. It has accomplished. It is accomplished. And uh, computer, we are, not only did we err and not fail to include a picture, it was one of the ones that made it in. So you know what? Hey, come for the late show. We'll have it in there. But we'll just we'll just uh, we'll just put his name in there, uh, and it'll it'll work out fine. So computer, let's put Tom Paris in. Um, I think. Hey, there he is. Computer working fast. Beep, 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 beep. I like that. Okay, great. Now it is time. Should we go first officer next or wild card? Let's talk about the first officer. Now we got to pick a first officer who is going to work well with this crew. And that is um, going to make sense with this crew and the best first officer. What, what makes a good first officer? A first officer is loyal uh, in, uh, and can also handle anything. The first officer has to be as capable as the captain should the captain be stuck on an away mission. And I think we're gonna start on this end, right? So we wanna talk about the best first officer, Major Kira, Spock, Riker, what do you think? Okay, well, um, I'm arguing for classic Spock. Um, you need not argue with me. <laughs> uh, not only has he died for the Enterprise, um, I think what makes Spock so amazing is that he gives a balance, like the captain should have that intuition, and then Spock has that logic, um, which always complements uh, the captain so well, and it's what made the, the original Enterprise so amazing. So whoever becomes the captain, whether it's Kirk or anyone else, I think Spock adds that logic is really important. Interesting, okay, because I, I agree with you 100%. At what making Spock the first officer does is, and we'll get to this in a moment, could potentially mean an obvious choice for Captain may not work, and we'll see. But uh, classic Spock is he is Star Trek, right? I mean, he was the thing when Star Trek first launched, first season, everybody went bananas for Spock. It, it, it's what made the show work, and um, there he is. Just look at him. I mean, it's a hard task. I mean, we love number one, and we love Major Kira. Uh, do we want to hear an argument? Thank you, by the way. Come grab something here. Do we want to hear an argument for potentially one of the other first officers? On this side, though. I'd say Riker. Uh, number one. Okay. Fiercely loyal to Picard, and he would make a great wingman. Yeah. You just he like him because he's cool. He just want to go have a beer with the guy. Um, well, he does play the trombone, and that's key. The trombone is cooler than the Vulcan lute, I'll tell you that. Um, that's true. The man knows how to take a chair. Um, but Spock, though, I don't know. Okay, please, come grab something. Do we have an argument for one of the other first officers? Yeah, uh, I'd like to argue for Chakotay. <laughs> yeah. All right, so, you can so, do your best. So Chakotay has been a captain in his own right. He has those skills. He apparently was effective enough to get the Federation to send one of its best starships after him. And yet when the push came to shove, uh, he had the humility and the judgment uh, to sacrifice his ship and to integrate his uh, crew of rebels uh, effectively. He had no choice. He was in the Delta Quadrant. What was he going to do? Yeah, but he, he was able to pull it off to make the, the rebels work with the career Starfleet officers. So he can bring all of these five or six different crews that were integrating here together quite well. All right. I mean, it is true. Chakotay had a lot of very capable qualities. But we're talking about Spock and number one. Are there any other suggestions? Thank you, by the way. Please grab something while supplies We, we have a new, new Spock, uh, Jordan. An argument for, for uh, Spock, Kelvin Spock, eh? 
Okay. Well, he did learn a lot from his from Prime Spy. Also, he uh, also he uh, interacts a lot with uh, with not just the captain but other members of the crew. He interacts with Ahura quite a bit, yeah. so I'm told. Well, well, not just that, but you know, he helped him bring yeah, Ahura helped him bring an emotional side to him, really, let him really experience his emotions, and I mean, not to. That's a really uh, dissonant letter, Nibor, but you know, but you know, we really got to see really more emotions from from uh, Zachary Quinto, Spock, and you know, and how he was able to interact with all members of the crew, not just the captain. Awesome. Okay. Well, thank you very much. Please congratulate. Um, I'm willing to accept that maybe Kira or Number One or even Chakotay. But if we're going to do a Spock and it's not Leonard Nimoy, I'm leaving for the day. So it's not going to be... No, I love Zachary Quinto, and I thank you for your interaction, but I disagree with that guy. And I'm the one holding the microphone. Um, all right, I think it's time to vote, unless we have a passionate plea for Major Kira. I do. Oh, let's hear it. Let's hear the passionate plea for Major Kira. Major Kira is a tough, tough woman. I mean, she's a resistance fighter. She was a leader in her own right. Um, unlike Spock, and I love Spock, but he had difficulty with command. And if you're going to take command, you've got to be able to, if you're first off, you've got to be able to take command. Look at Galileo 7. You know, he had difficulty dealing with people. And if you want somebody to step up apart, Major Kira is a great candidate. All right, it's very good. And, we, and she's fiercely loyal, fiercely loyal as well. Okay, so it's time to vote. It's going to be a showdown between number one, Kira, and Classic Spot. And we're just going to throw it out to you now. Everybody who thinks it's going to be William T. Riker, number one, let me hear it. Everybody who thinks it's going to be Major Kira Norris, let me hear it. That's big. That's big. That's big. Everybody who thinks it's going to be Classic Spock, let me hear it. That was close for Kira, but no cigar. That we're going to have Classic Spock in as the first officer, which um, is maybe going to be interesting when we want to pick a captain to go with this crew. Because we need somebody who's going to balance well with Spock. Wild card. We need an extra person. Do we do wild card last or do we do captain, for, uh, captain last? That's what I said. We do captain last. Okay, wild card. We got everybody here. We have Jadzia. We got Data. We got seven of mine. These are we got Keenzer. We, we got a lot of capable individuals. Um, who is it going to be? And I think all the gadgets are gone. So this is just for the love of the game. We want to hear on this right. side. Ensign Row argument over here. We have an Ensign Row. If we well, assign row something, every crew benefits from a tough majority woman. Ensign Row is a fighter and a fixer, and should be a great addition to any crew. Wow, throwing the gauntlet down for Ensign Row. Um, theoretically, though, if you want a tough majority woman, we could have Major Kira in as a wild card. Colonel Kira, if she's willing to join us on the SS Javits. Um, do we think Ensign Rowe is a candidate for this? Uh, more like Ensign No. All right, but thank you, thank you for, for playing. And on this side, we're gonna hear maybe something regarding um, 7-9 or Data, or what do we got? No, sorry to disappoint. I wanna move Kelvin Montgomery Scotty into this one because he'll have the relationship with Spock and he'll also have the know-how from the Kelvin timeline and work well with O'Brien and the rest of the crew. So you'll have a Scotty on the ship as well as the engineer we already have. Mm, double engineer, things are gonna get solved. The, the coffee machines will never break down on this ship. Um, Montgomery Scotty, who we love as a wild card. That is a wild choice. Do we think this is a possibility? 
Did we appreciate this guy for thinking outside of the box? And in multiple... That's your pity applause. Thank you very much. I think we're out of gifts, too. So you get nothing and, and you don't even get a gift. Um, on this end, what do we want for our, um, for our pick? Garrick? Yeah, I, I want to be able to sleep at night on the SS Javis. I don't want to look over my shoulder. If, but if you need someone to do your dirty work, you want Garrick around. He brought the Romulans into the Dominion War. It wouldn't have, it wouldn't have gone well without that. Cisco needed him to do that job. Someone had to do it. You may need Garrick on a space station, but on the SS Javits, that's too much. You need room to breathe with a Garrick on board. When you're on a ship, I don't know, do we think Garrick should be on the SS Javits? I did, some board was just going, ah, not even answering yes or no. It's just, just the mere thought is making her flip out. I love that pick, but I don't think it's going to happen. What, what about on this end? Data, huh? What about data? Makes them good. I think the argument this man is making is there's so much of an argument he's not even going to make. Is there an argument then for seven of nine? Is there an argument for 7 of 9 over Data? Who would like to say that 7 of 9 belongs in the wildcard spot over Data? Please come take the microphone if you were that person who thinks 7 of 9... We got one, let's hear it. Yeah, for 7 of 9? I mean, come on guys. 7 of 9 is a previous Borg, knows everything, has a whole entire collection, has an entire Starfleet. Come on now, like really? Really? It's 7 of 9, and she's hot. And I'm gay, and I'm saying that she's hot. Hello? Really? She's, she's a... Uh, that's a good argument, and she's a very capable officer, and... Um, uh, yeah, no, I mean, it's tough. It's not easy crewing up on the, on the SS Javits. This is not... We need... <laughs> so we need data, you say? Oh, oh, okay. <laughs> Do we have, an, we have an argument for Jadzia back there? Most definitely. Jadzia Dax has seven lifetimes of knowledge. She's been an engineer. She's been a pilot. She's been a diplomat. Any situation she can handle. It's Jadzia Dax. And she's hot. Yes. So, yeah. Yes. That sums it up. I love that guy. All right. It's coming down to this. Although we love everybody and we love more, who are we forgetting? Keenzer. We, we have two arguments for Quark. Quark. We would like to know where Quark is. I mean, as much as I love dining, Quark, like, come on, it's Quark. He's a bartender. He knows all. He works with all of the different alien species that happen to come through his bar. And he can get all the knowledge that you possibly need to know what's really going on. He's the guy you want, because he knows everything and everybody. He's a wheeler dealer. You have no wheeler dealers in He is, I, he, but then Neelix is a wheeler dealer, and he's not nice. Not like Quark, Quark, not like Quark. <laughs> I like Neelix, he's not like Quark. All right, uh, do we think Quark is a, is a candidate? I mean, if, uh, the, he'll steal the replicators. Yeah, it's not right, it's not right. I, 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 I appreciate it, but I think what it is down to um, is going to be a showdown between Seven of Nine Data and Jadzia. 
So, um, uh, and I, I think it's time because we got to do Captain next, and then we got to figure out what mistakes. Um, everybody who thinks it should be seven of nine, let me hear it. Everybody who thinks it should be data, let me hear it. And everybody who thinks it should be Jadzia, let me hear it. That is really close. That is really close. We got to do it again. We got to do it again. Everybody for data, let me hear it. And everybody for Jadzia, let me hear it. Now, I want to remind you one thing, because to my ears, that was a data win. But I want to remind you one thing. Computer, let's go back to who we have on the crew. Do we need Data and Spock on the same ship? And not just because they're pals and it'll be fun to watch them. We're trying to build the best crew, the one that's going to help us when we have problems. So keep, keep this in mind. Do we want to have Spock and uh, Jadzia working side by side in that swing position? Or Spock and Data? So everybody for Data, let me hear it. Everybody for Jadzia, let me hear it. I, I, I think that was a Jadzia win. I was a, that was a 52 to 48% computer. Let's get Jadzia in there as the wild card. Whew, oh my God, I'm exhausted. Oh my God. And now it's, it's big news. So computer, we're gonna win. Yes, there she is. Oh, she looks great too. And now it's time to discuss the captain because when it comes to this crew that we have here, working with this first officer, there are some logical decisions and some ones that may seem intuitive that may not work. I believe, in general terms, that the best captain we ever had on a starship was Captain John Luke Picard. I believe that. I mean, by inches, by centimeters, by, by, by uh, tachyon beams better than the others. However, however, with this particular crew, I don't know that a Picard-Spock team-up makes sense. I think you need somebody who can work in conjunction with Spock that is, uh, has a slightly different skill set and different mindset. And I don't think that makes sense for Picard. I also think that when we're building a crew, we need somebody who can take diverse populace and put them all together. Who can take a ragtag team and put them all together. So I'm gonna go to this side here. Looking at the crew that we built, with Odo, with Spock, with Jadzia, who is going to be the captain of this ship? All right, we're gonna start with Captain Sisko. A Sisko argument. Yeah, so, Captain Sisko. He is the ultimate multitasker. He was in command of a station, he was in command of a ship. He maintained tenuous alliances and kept his enemies just close enough. And all of this in a time of war. That is a, bam, that's and a good argument. Was, and he was not afraid to get his hands dirty for the greater good. That is true, that is true. And that is a really good argument. And do we have somebody on this side to make a counter argument? Uh, actually, we have another argument. Is this uh, I, I make a counter argument in favor of Cisco against everyone else because just because he's the first does not mean Kurt's the best. Picard may have faced the Borg, but he got assimilated. It was Riker that saved us. Janeway got us lost in the Delta Quadrant. The chief. No, she did not. Oh yes, she, she did. She did not get us lost. My hey, my her foot. Future self. My foot. Back. She got us lost. She was taken away by that 
damn thingamabob that dragged her away. And she didn't get them back for seven years. She got them back in only seven years. They were 70 years away. We're talking about past. To 10th Avenue with you, sir. I love Benjamin Sisko, don't get me wrong, but when you start talking trash about Janeway, you are going to make me up happy, sir. I say good day to you, but thank you. Thank you for making a, you make a good case. And what we have here is, the, I'm being joking around, that was a, a very good argument for, for Cisco. I'm, I'm only pretend yelling at you. Really, I'm not. I'm only pretend arguing at you. Um, do we have an argument for Janeway? We have a pro, pro Janeway. Hello. So, first of all, this is hard as you know, no, but if I have to serve with a captain myself, there is no doubt in my mind I will do it with Jane. And that's because, well, first she was the top of her class without cheating. Secondly, secondly, she was stranded in the Delta Quadrant for seven years. She put the values of the Federation first, even in the most strenuous circumstances. Also, when confronted with, um, yeah, how can I say, um, she had that kind of mother uh, instinct that also, uh, she, she kind of bounded with the whole crew, something that Picard will never do. He did it a little bit at the end, but Jamie did it from the get-go, and she was able to adapt. And uh, again, she handled things that Picard never handled, or any of the captains, different species, and she was alone. The, the Federation was not even close. So, and uh, also for this crew specifically that we are building, we have Vulcan as a first officer. She had a Vulcan as a first officer too. So, yeah. Yeah. the choice to make. Okay, well that is, that is a strong case for Janeway. Do we have, we only have about five minutes left, so do we have somebody else that wants to add to, uh, to Janeway? We heard two good arguments for Cisco, and it's going to come down to a vote. Somebody one. for Janeway. Right here, right here. All right, Janeway not only combined two crews that were in essence, on opposite sides. Um, she made them work together. Um, she also interacted with species that the Federation had never even come into contact with. So she's got this experience that I, I think others don't. Um, and she defeated the board. She defeated the board. She was a scientist. All right. But um, we also have some good arguments for Cisco. And, th and though we love Captain Kirk, and, and like I mentioned earlier, we love Picard, and we love Archer, we love Pike, we love them all. I think it's come down to, in the wire here, it's gonna be a Cisco versus Janeway showdown. And just so you know, if you were curious, when we did this in Vegas, the same exact thing happened. So the toil that we are currently undergoing has happened now on two coasts. Okay, so everybody who thinks it should be Captain Cisco, let me hear it. In your soul, you think it's Captain Sisko. In your soul, you think it's Captain Janeway. Let me hear it. This is not even a vote. In, in Vegas, we, we toiled. It was like the end of Alternative Factor. We were in a constant inner battle for generations. But not this time. This time, it's a clear winner. We have our all-star crew. In the center seat, Captain Catherine Janeway. Her side, Mr. Spock, how cool would that be? How cool would that be to see? Uh, in the engineering room, Chief O'Brien. And in sickbay, an old familiar friend, the doctor. And making sure everything runs smoothly, we have Odo. At her side, on her cell phone, we have Uhura. Oh, and then an old friend, we have Tom Paris there. Yeah, they get along pretty well. 
And then by her side, the old man, Jadzia Dax. And we did it, folks. And we did it on time and under budget. We put together the all-star crew. Everybody take a photo. Tweet it, hashtag Star Trek New York. Tweet it, hashtag Engage Pod. We can argue about this some more on the Engage podcast. And I'm sure for curiosity's sake, we want to know what happened in Vegas when we did this right. And I forget how long ago we did. I think it was, it was not this year. And I don't even think it was last year. It was 2013. So three years ago, look what we had. We had captain and first officer the same, same doctor, same security, and we had helmsman Jadzia, so we had the wild, so it was Paris didn't make it, uh, Uhura was swapped out for Hoshi, and Scotty over Chief O'Brien, but many, that's one, two, three and a half the same, right? Four same individuals, one in a different role. What that means is clearly, this is the right crew. You know, we're getting there. Maybe in three years again, we'll tweak it a little bit more. But maybe computer, put the other one back on if people want to take a photo of 2013. And you can tweet it side by side. Make a side by side tweet. They don't cost extra to do a side by side tweet. So we got a 2013 tweet, and we have a today's tweet. And guess what, folks? I don't know about you, but I'm exhausted, but that was a lot of fun. And we gave a lot of love to the Voyager crew, and as it just so happens, in about 35 minutes, the Voyager crew is going to be out here on stage. Um, so stick with it, and um, should we tell Captain Janeway that she was made the best captain? All right, I guess we'll tell her. We'll spring it on her. Maybe she'll, she'll say thank you to all of you. Uh, great. Okay, well, listen, uh, stick around, and in a little bit, we'll have the Voyager crew. And until then, um, keep uh, reading One Trek Mind on StarTrek.com. Listen to uh, the Engage, the official Star Trek podcast, if you want to hear more of my mellifluous tones. Uh, you can do that, and we'll see you back in 30 minutes. Thank you. That's this week's show, everybody. Thank you so much. Thank you to our friends at the Jacob Javits Center and Mission New York and Repop Entertainment, and thank you to our friends. Uh, we are, are now concluding all of our all of our convention uh, recordings, so thank you to our friends out in Las Vegas, too. And uh, we're going to be back next week with some new stuff. What's it going to be? Well, it's a secret right now, but you're going to know soon. But until then, live long and prosper. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.